Welcome to Your Dollars Making Sense, a podcast hosted by investor and realtor Richard Neese. Your Dollars Making Sense, where financial intelligence is the key to your financial freedom. Hey everybody, Richard Neese here. Thank you so much for tuning in to Your Dollars Making Sense, where we believe that financial intelligence is the key to financial freedom. This is our second show. We're super excited. Last week, we talked a little bit about, gave you a baseline. I told you who I was. We talked about um, what your investment goals were. We talked about how to strategize because you've got to know what retirement looks like. You've got to assess your um, how you like to deal with risk. I mean, there, there's tons of things you've got to look at before you start making investments. And we also talked about every investment is not the right investment for you. You know, if you're very aggressive, you may want to jump into real estate, stocks, bonds, day trading, uh, whatever your risk tolerance is, you've got to evaluate that. If you don't, then you're never going to feel comfortable in the investment style that you're working with. We went over all of these things. We had tons of content. I think I actually went over a little bit. Uh, we want to thank WKOL for allowing us to air. Uh, we really appreciate the opportunity to help good people get to a better place. If you guys don't know me, my name is Richard Neese. I'm a local real estate broker, uh, fellow investor in, in real estate. I've invested in stocks. I've, I've been a day trader. I've had my experience in several different arenas. And so what we wanted to do when we started Your Dollars Making Sense was we wanted to give you the foundation to investing. We wanted to give you a pathway to invest, whatever that investment style is, whatever the investment um, approach is, we want to make sure that you're comfortable with it, you're educated, because like I said, financial intelligence is the key to financial freedom. So that's the biggest thing. You know, we've got tons of uh, tons of books and media and stuff like that that we can give you to help you bone up on different investment types. One of the, the baselines that a lot of people use for the real estate side is... Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, written by Robert Kiyosaki. There's a series of Rich Dad, Poor Dads where he talks about um, evaluating assets and liabilities. We want to try and give you that baseline with uh, knowledge, with investment strategies, but also with the, the phrases, the terminology, so that you feel more comfortable when you walk into um, an investment conversation. You feel like you are an equal. You feel like you can understand what's going on. That's where we want to get you. This isn't just for uh, new investors. We're going to have some complex investment strategies on here as well. We're going to have guests on to talk about everything bud from budgeting to options trading. Uh, we're going to talk about appreciation, depreciation, tax advantages of different types of investments, opportunity zones. We've got so much content. I don't know that I can fit it all in, in, especially not in today's show. But what I plan on doing is laying it out so that we do about one real estate show every month where we talk about, because that's obviously my expertise being a real estate broker, talking about different strategies within the real estate side. We've got listeners from all over on here. We really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Um, we're on WKUL 92.1 if you're local in North Alabama. Uh, we are also on Facebook Live. Uh, you can look at our uh, podcast that we're working on right now through iTunes. Uh, we've got Stitcher, also Google Podcasts. So we're trying to reach more people. If you've ever met me, if you know me, um, I'm trying to help good people get to a better place. So let's get into a little bit of the content. Our recap was you've got to know what your investment strategy is on the front end. What are my goals? Where do I want to be at? How much money do I need to retire? What kind of income do I need coming in? If you don't have that clear path, it doesn't matter what 
Uh, you know, a lot of people like to d describe it this way. If you don't know uh, what port you're going to, it doesn't matter what kind of boat you have, you're never going to get there. You've got to know what the end goal is before you start, because if you don't, you're just going to wander around in the sea, and you're never going to get to that uh, port to call. So it's just something to think about. So one thing that I want to talk about today is what are your goals for real estate investing? That is the first. What, what do you feel comfortable with? Are we a passive investor or are we an active investor? Those are two terms we're going to go over. We're also going to go over single-family homes, investing in multifamily, apartment complexes, commercial and real estate, I'm sorry, commercial and retail space, industrial development, how you can buy land and make money off of land. We're not going to give you the whole scoop. We're going to give you pieces of it, and we're going to build off of that because, I mean, just talking about single-family homes, there's probably you know 24 hours worth of content we could give you guys. Uh, we can go into exactly how to invest, what what to ask your banker, how to get the money, hard money investing. There's so much to talk about, and obviously you can tell I get excited about this. So much to talk about, and there's so many cool ways to get involved in the real estate side uh, with as little as gas money, driving around, driving for dollars. Uh, you can go as far as purchasing properties of cash and then depreciating them out. I mean, there's God, there's so much. But like I said, I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, we're going to start with what is your real estate goal? So as an active investor, which I am, an active investor is somebody that is proactively seeking deals, probably working in the industry either full-time or part-time, whether that's a real estate agent or a real estate investor. Everybody calls themselves a real estate investor as soon as you buy the first piece of property. Um, but if you're looking full-time, if you're trying to build a pipeline with new properties, uh, you would consider yourself a real estate investor. So on the active side, uh, you're going out, you're looking for properties, you're negotiating deals, you are managing properties, you may be um, doing what, what a lot of people call as a reposition or um, in single family they call it a fix and flip. So you, you've got to know if you want to be actively involved, do you want to deal with the headaches, do you want to swing a hammer, um, do you want to negotiate, or do you want to be more passive? Uh, a passive real estate investor may be somebody that calls a real estate broker like myself, asks them to find the property, they'll provide the cash for it, <clears throat> and then they want to also have a property management company on the backside. So those folks have money from another profession, most likely, and they're looking to use the benefits, which we'll talk about some of them, um, the benefits of real estate investing and, and owning real estate so that it helps grow their net worth. They want to have other people paying their bills for them. They want to get that uh, appreciation, that return on investment like we talked about last week. But they don't mind paying a property manager. They don't mind paying a real estate broker to find the deal and negotiate, pay a percentage. These folks typically, like I said, are professionals or folks that have made money outside of uh, the real estate industry. And they're looking for, like I said, tax shelters, appreciation. Um, they're they're long-term investors. So that gives you kind of an approach. You need to know if you're a passive or an active investor. Uh, on the active side, you're going out and, and actively finding these deals, negotiating, swinging hammers, repairing. Uh, and then on the passive side, you're using your money to work for you, which is the true investor. So you might say that on the active side, it's it's more of a career or profession. And on the passive side, it is definitely more of an investor or an investment that you're putting into. Um, if you've ever read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you'll know the cash flow quadrant um, with investors, business owners, 
self-employed and employees. If you don't know what that is, you can always hit us up. You can give me a call at 256-708-1511, and we can discuss that. You can hit me up on Facebook. Um, just send me a message. I can get you. I actually have copies of the book, so I could send it to you if you want to call the station. Uh, whatever you want to do to contact us, we want to help good people get to a better place. And we want to give you that that baseline for investing. Uh, but with that cash flow quadrant, you have the investor side, which is strictly letting my money make money for me. So let's let's just look at those two. Uh, and now we're going to move to what our investment goals are. But we're going to look, talk a little bit about some key terms. So if we're an active investor or a passive investor, we need to know what a couple things are. One of them is cash flow. You hear this a lot, but most people don't even know what it means. Uh, it's fairly simple, but when you start digging in, you'll find uh, it, it may be a little bit more complex than you realize. Cash flow to most investors is the money left over after all the bills have been paid. So this can be very different for different investors. If I'm a passive investor and I'm putting a large down payment down, uh, so that cash flow is going to be easier to ascertain because we have a lower mortgage or we, maybe the, the property is paid for in full. At that point, cash flow wouldn't be a great uh, tool to evaluate an investment. Uh, but let's say that I am a an active investor, and my way to make money is to find these properties, get 100% financing. Yes, that's right. 100% financing is possible. Uh, so we, we go in, we find the property, we get 100% financing on a short-term note, and then we see, all right, 100% financing plus taxes, plus insurance, plus money for repairs. If you're using a property management company, you got to consider that. How much money is left over after all of these bills have been paid every month? And you've got to set some back. Sometimes your your monthly bill, you may not have any repairs. Sometimes it may be $500 to $1,000, but you've got to average that over a 12-month period. That's how you evaluate cash flow. I know I'm throwing a lot out there to you. Um, really what we want to do is we want to give you that baseline. If you have more questions, if you want to know more about it, you can always contact me through the radio station. You can give me a call, hit me up through Facebook. But we want to give you this information so you can un unpackage it and figure out what the best thing is for you. So we've got a lot more ahead. Uh, we're going to talk about different types of real estate investing, uh, single family, multifamily, kind of flesh that out a little bit. We also are going to go through a few more terms and talk a little bit about tax strategy too. What happens if I do great on real estate and I sell something and I, I make money? Well, we're going to talk all about all that on the other side of the break. Welcome back to Your Dollars Making Sense. I'm your host, Richard Neese. We appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in. Thank you so much. If you're listening to us on Stitcher, um, iTunes, our podcast is getting pretty popular now. We appreciate it so much. Uh, we're also on Facebook. Uh, if you'll check us out on WKUL's page or my personal page or business page, uh, the Richard Neese team with Wyckett Realtors. Uh, thank you so much. So we were kind of unpackaging cap rate. I'm sorry. We were unpacking cash flow. We were talking about what it actually means. How do you make money uh, in real estate? We're going to dig into that a little bit more. How do you make money? What are different ways to make money? And, and sometimes that's on paper. Sometimes that's in your actual pocketbook. I know that's confusing, but the way that real estate works out, it's not only a great way to make money that you can get cash flow, like we talked about, but it's also a great way to protect you against um, protect you against taxes. It's, it helps you mitigate your tax risk. Uh, and that's why a lot of investors use it for that. We, like I said, we, we really appreciate you guys tuning in. Your dollar's making sense. Um, but before we get too deep into this, I want to talk uh, a little bit about investing in a different way. 
so if you guys know me, uh, if, if you, you may know that I'm a member of a couple boards, no nonprofits. I'm also a veteran. And so one one organization that I uh, am a board uh, I'm a board member of is called Saving Forgotten Warriors. Uh, so Saving Forgotten Warriors was founded by Jeremy Hogan a couple years ago. It's a great organization, and, and I'll tell you, it's it's interesting because we uh, I'm in the South. Uh, I'm in, in North Alabama. We in the South, uh, you can't hardly throw a rock without hitting a veteran. But we've got so many veterans out there that are they're hurting, they're struggling. And yes, we do have other services, uh, and I know this personally, that can help certain criteria, but what ends up happening is there's a lot of veterans that, that lose out uh, on opportunities because, well, well, this is a good example, um, because they weren't in the right war. I know that sounds crazy, uh, but there, there are certain organizations that don't help Korean veterans and, and Vietnam vets and things like that. Saving Forgotten Warriors, uh, they, do a, they vet the folks that come in, make sure they are a veteran, but the biggest thing they do, I mean, they will literally do anything to help these veterans. I've seen them cut grass, deliver food, help a, a widow. Um, her husband died uh, a couple years ago. He was a World War II vet. Well, she still needs support. We're still helping those people when when the government assistance and things like that falls off. It's a group of people in our area that are continuing to support and help um, every way they can, whether that's job placement, getting help set up with the VA. There's so many programs that they help with on a daily basis, and I encourage you to look them up on Facebook. Please donate, you know, buy their shirts, get the merchandise. It's a great organization, Saving Forgotten Warriors. You can look it up on Facebook, and we'll get you some more contact info as well. But like I said, that's a different type of investing. Th- those soldiers, um, Marines, airmen, um, Sailors, all those folks, they fought for us or they at the very least signed on the dotted lines that they would uh, give that ultimate sacrifice. So remember, they invest in our country, so make sure to invest back into them. These folks may be on hard times. We've all had those. Uh, just, just please reach out and help any way you can. So enough on that. We're going to talk a little bit more about cash flow, appreciation, depreciation. What does all this stuff mean? So we talked about active investing and we talked about passive investing. On the active side, a lot of times what you're looking at um, is you find a property very similar to uh, a fix and flip situation. That's what most people know this as. Um, Forced appreciation means you've done something to increase the value of this home over and above what the cost was to do that. That's called forced appreciation. Appreciation itself actually means just an increase in value over a certain amount of time. Lots of properties appreciate. We see, we're seeing tons of appreciation in the Coleman, Huntsville, Madison, Nashville market. I mean, properties are appreciating 5 10% in a year, which is insane. Uh, but you see that, and what a lot of investors will do, and I'll just give you a brief, brief overview on this, they'll buy property in certain areas sometimes 10 years out because they know the market's going to turn and that area is going to be very valuable long term. They may buy these properties 10 years out and rent them out. They may let them sit and, and that kind of leaves you to the other side, the property uh, de- depreciation. So depreciation is something that um, the, the tax code allows for deductions on your taxes. Uh, it means the, the property usefulness has decreased every year so much um, because you do have wear and tear on homes. A home that is older than uh, after the first year, it, it starts depreciating as far as the, the quality of materials and things like that. You do have great homes that are 50, 60 years old, but those are less valuable than a new home in most cases. The government gives you 30-year depreciation on that. 
So that means every year you get about 3% of the value of the property, not the land. Land doesn't depreciate. Uh, they give you about 3% of that. Well, if you've got a large property, let's say you've got a, a million dollar complex, well, that's $30,000. $30,000 every year it depreciates. Well, that goes against your taxes. Now, I'm not an accountant. We can have an accountant come in and talk about that a little bit more. Uh, but basically, that comes off of the profit that you make. Uh, so if you're renting that place out, that's going to come off the top. It's going to save you some money. So you're seeing that cash flow come in, but you're not necessarily paying taxes on all of it. There are lots of uh, intricacies of the tax code, and I'm not going to be the expert on that. But this is a way that a lot of people um, protect their wealth through depreciation. The, the appreciation side, uh, increasing the value, is a very common tool, especially in our market, because people can buy, let's say, let's, let's not invest. Let's just have somebody that bought a home. So if you buy a home, if you bought a home in the Madison area, in the Huntsville area, or downtown Coleman, um, if you bought it five years ago, and you look at the value of it now, more than likely you've gotten two to three percent appreciation every year. So your house is probably worth about ten to fifteen percent more than it was five years ago. It'll sell for more than that. It may be more depending on the area. So that's something you've got to think about. Um, and especially in our area, which is very common for uh, government-backed loans like USDA and VA 100% financing loans, that appreciation is important because that's what adds the value because even though you're paying on monthly, and, and you'll figure this out if you hadn't bought a home yet, you'll figure this out, uh, you're not paying all towards the principal. Most of it's interest on the first few years. So that appreciation could be huge on the front end. If you don't have that appreciation, if you didn't get an area that was that is appreciating, it may affect you long term. You may have to wait five eight years before you sell your house to compensate for closing costs and realtor fees and stuff like that. So just something to think about. Appreciation is important on the front end. So cash flow, uh, we talked a little bit about what cash flow was in the last segment. On cash flow, it's, it's, this is a way that a lot of active real estate investors uh, make money. Uh, they, they cash flow every month. Um, they, they bought a property for $100,000 and all of their expenses may be $1,000 total. But if they get $1,200 a month off of it, that's $200 cash flow a month. That's just quick numbers. So $200 a month is going, so $2,400 a year they're going to make off of that place. That's not counting depreciation. That's not counting appreciation. That is cash in their pocket that they can use to fix the property up more, or they can use that to pay other bills. There's lots of folks in real estate that have um, a holdings company where they have maybe 5, 10, 50 properties. And that holding company pays for other things. It pays for a vehicle for them. Maybe it pays for a second home that they rent out. There's lots of benefits of having real estate. Cash flow is probably the one that gets talked about the most because that is money in your pocket. And a lot of people see that as a way to reach retirement. My goodness, we've got so much information. I've got appreciation and depreciation still to talk about some more. Um, we appreciate each and every one of you tuning in to um, your dollars making sense where financial intelligence is a key to financial freedom uh, we're coming up against a break now we're going to talk about different types of real estate investing with single-family homes we're going to talk about multifamily commercial we're going to get in as much as we can over the next 10 minutes and then we'll probably have to continue this on until the next talk about real estate if you guys are interested uh, if you want to come on the show and talk about you know, financial management, if, if you're a financial manager, if you want to talk about stocks and bonds, if you're a trader, we'd love to have you on. You can always give me a call at 256-708-1511. We're going to be back on the other side. Welcome back to Your Dollars Making Sense, where financial intelligence is the key to financial freedom. 
Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that we've given you some good information today. We have two segments now. We've got one segment to go. I don't know that we're going to dig into as much as I thought. We'll probably save it for the next one because we've got so much more to cover just off of what we talked about. So the most important thing when your process is beginning, when you're starting to think about what type of investment do I want to get into, is to have a goal. You've got to know where you're going. We talk about that so much, but if you don't know, then there's no way that I can help you. There's no way that anybody can help you decide what, uh, what investment model that you should use. Some folks are very conservative. Uh, they, they want to put money. Uh, they want to get a, a return. Maybe it's a CD or something like that. Uh, they're happy with a lower rate of return because they know they can go get that money if they need to during that time frame. There's, there's government bonds. Today we're talking about my expertise, which is real estate. I love investing in real estate. Apartments are my thing. If you guys didn't know, I love buying apartments. I love repositioning them, which we talked about a little bit in the last segment. I, I want to go in, and, and I'll tell you the, the key on that. Uh, Everybody loves to make money. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm a firm believer that if you add value, then you'll be paid for that. But the thing that I really enjoy is taking a place that's in rough shape that I wouldn't send anybody. I would be uncomfortable going without being armed and turning that into a place where I would feel comfortable having my mama live. I mean, that, that's so important to me, and people don't realize that. I mean, I've done a couple repositions with apartments. I've had to deal with some folks that may be somewhat shady, but I've also help so many people like I've got two or three people right now that I'm helping them buy a home that started renting with me about a year and a half ago we've helped them through that process we've helped them build their credit we've shown them the right things to do so being able to help those folks being able to create an environment that's safe for a family I mean that's huge and the value that I bring is much more important to me than the profit that I make off of it but there's ways that you can do both and that's what a lot of people don't realize. I mean, they're scared to get into the investing game because they're, what if a toilet breaks? What if this happens? What if that happens? That could happen at your house right now, and you wouldn't make a dime off of it, but it's still going to happen. So, so for me, the, the real estate side just made sense. Um, I'm obviously a real estate broker. I see real estate properties coming and going, but I actually started in my broker uh, career when I was a, a new agent working at the sheriff's office. I said, I want to be a real estate investor, so I'm going to get into this game any way that I can. Well, being a real estate agent was the quickest way. Um, there's plenty of good mentors out there, whether in real estate brokerages or not, but this was an opportunity for me to... I, Jeff Taylor was actually a guy that I went under. Jeff Taylor's a local real estate broker here, too. And Jeff kind of showed me the ropes on the real estate game, and I really, I'll probably have to get Jeff in here to talk about some of the, the management side, forestry management, because that's his expertise. Uh, but he, he started showing me the ropes on the uh, dealing with storage units and things like that. And then before long, I made the jump and I bought my first property. Since then, I've been doing it for about uh, two and a half years. Uh, we bought 29 doors. Uh, that's a couple different apartment complexes. I've got storage units. We've done fix and flips. We've bought houses off the courthouse steps. We've done a whole lot in that short amount of time. And it's, it's pretty incredible to see that and, and also see the people that have been willing to help me through that process. And in return, that's why we started Your Dollars Making Sense. We want to help you not just on the real estate side, but in general, reach your financial goals. Now, you're not going to hear a sales pitch from me on buying real estate. You're going to hear a sales pitch from my, my customers or my, my guests that come on. Uh, they're trying to give you that knowledge so that you can better yourself because we believe in helping good people get to a better place. So now that I've got through with that pitch, let's talk about the last couple things we were on. Uh, before we left in the last break, we were talking about cash flow. 
We're talking about appreciation, depreciation. So the value in the cash flow is huge. Lots of folks want to have that. They want to get so many dollars per door so they can reach financial freedom. Because if you've read Rich Dad Poor Dad or many other books, um, financial freedom isn't being debt free per se. That's one way that you can do that. Uh, but financial freedom could be having more assets coming in than liabilities going out. So more money coming in than going out um, without you having to work. So if you've got you know, 30 doors or 40 doors and you make $100 a door off of them, at that point, that may be enough money to where you don't have to work and you could literally spend time at home with your family and manage your properties. Or if you've got a property manager, have them do it and not have to work. I mean, that, that is the true financial freedom. Maybe you want to read. Maybe you want to follow passions. Whatever that is, real estate's a great way to do that. And the cash flow is a good way to do it as well. Now on appreciation. So I've seen uh, locally... I've seen folks come in and buy something for, you know, seven hundred thousand, an apartment complex, put two hundred thousand into it, and the value be one point four million dollars. Now you add that math up, seven hundred plus two hundred is not one point four million. It's nine hundred thousand. But the the value that they did and the management systems that they put in place is what helps, or what's called a reposition, uh, and that's forcing the appreciation. So they made a company. They made almost half a million dollars in about a year time frame from doing that. That's through, and now they'll be able to depreciate it out, so they'll get the benefit on the back end. They'll also make cash flow every month, and they'll have another. and And I've actually got some some notes here talking about other avenues, which we won't even get into. But they can also use that as a tool to borrow money to buy something else. So there's tons of ways you can get into this. Um, I've talked with many real estate agents, brokers, investors. And there's so many different avenues to approach it where you can appreciate, pull that money out, use deed, the deed in lieu of a down payment. My goodness, I mean, there, there's so much you can do with real estate and people don't even understand on the appreciation side, depreciation side. So if you guys are interested in learning more about real estate investing, I'd be glad to talk with you one-on-one. -on -one. You can message me on Facebook. You can uh, call WKWL anytime. Or you can call me at 256 708 one five one one. I truly want to help you get to a better place. We want to show you that uh, that avenue that's going to be best suited for you. Whether that's active investing, passive investing, it's a great way to. Um, oh, it's it's a nice party topic too. If you're hanging out with your friends, you can talk about it. Uh, everybody loves talking about real estate, but in the end, it's a way to reach financial freedom if done properly. It's not easy. Nothing is easy. Nothing is get rich quick. Everything takes time or money or both. But there's no reason you can't start today. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit this really quick, uh, just a couple ways that you can invest in real estate or be um, uh, help, help folks um, uh, get that, that information so you can gain some, get some money off of it so you can start building that up. I mean, there's things as simple as finding real estate deals for investors. I mean, there, there's, um, you can't, it's not a finder's fee, but you can find ways uh, to work with folks, work with real estate investors so that they show you the ropes on that. Or maybe they cut you in on the deal because you found it. If you're a real estate agent, you get a commission off of it for finding great deals. Usually these aren't on-market properties. It's what I call driving for dollars, which is huge. But we are coming up against the end of the show. I, like I said, I could probably talk about two or three more hours on this. 
I appreciate you guys so much for tuning in. Um, your dollars making sense. We're going to continue to do this podcast weekly, uh, 10 a.m. Uh, you can tune in on WKUL if you're listening live in North Alabama. Uh, you can also find us on Stitcher and iTunes. We're, we're putting it out on all kinds of places. I have to get you an updated list. You can watch it on my Facebook. Add me as a friend. Go to the Richard Neese team, um, and you can find me as a business page for my real estate brokerage. We're putting out information constantly, trying to help good people get to a better place. I hope you guys have a great weekend, a great week next week. I hope you tune in next week. Uh, Your dollars making sense, where we believe that financial intelligence is the key to financial freedom. Thanks again for listening to Your Dollars Making Sense. Remember, financial intelligence is the key to your financial freedom.